Welcome to my show. This segment is going to be from the podcast Hot Mess by Elise, which you can find on most of the platforms available, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, a video and Google Play. And now on YouTube, what I'm trying to do is make sure I don't swear. That's going to be hard because I have an issue. Like it's, I would call it a like mental illness, but I think that's actually Tourette's and I really technically can control the things that I'm saying if I try. So I'm going to try to keep this very G-rated and what I'm doing is a little background since this is the first time I'm doing this episode. Um, I went through some mental health issues and it really disrupted my life. And it was kind of like building up year by year, decade by decade, until basically I finally like snapped and went into, you know, fight or flight mode. I'm going to talk about in detail, I'll have um, different episodes focusing on parts of the brain and you'll learn about the spot that um, is in charge of your decision-making, initiates uh, how you react to fear, um, and it also, I think it regulates your emotions. And that part of my brain was hypersensitive after I had basically experienced more trauma, traumatic events, I want to say, than I could handle. It was just, I never got time to heal in between each thing that was pretty dramatic. And it had a lot to do with being around violence. And I for one, am, that's something I'm really scared of because I'm five foot two. I don't even pretend that I want to get in a fight. Like you could literally come walk up to me and be like, you're a stupid beep. <laughs> that's good. That was good. And I, if you're not like related to me or my significant other, it means nothing. Like I have literally trained my brain that I, I don't want to be in a fight with someone. Um, so someone being really strong or if I feel vulnerable, I, you know, make sure I'm paying attention, right? So I give the disclosure every episode unless I type it. But in case you are um, triggered by certain things, I do talk about PTSD and uh, depression. Um, I try to kind of figure out what I might go over in these episodes, but I'm really just focusing on how did I end up on a podcast if I was doing finance for 25 years? Well, I realized that after um, the last stressful event I was in, I was not in the same state of mind as I normally am. I was acting out of character and I had, I had what I called the bougie breakdown. Okay. I was doing stuff I've never done before. And you know what? It's not like I've done any, I don't, I don't have regret about things. I just wanted to learn from life. And I was nervous because I was having disassociation. I was having a hard time connecting. And when you get so stressed out, you, you kind of just learn to shut down or turn off or something. And that weirded me out. You know, I'm really a passionate person and I was like, 
starting, I was super hypersensitive to like feeling nothing. And that terrified me. Uh, memory issues terrified me, all that stuff. So I do talk about it. I'm not really popular yet. So I don't, I'm not at all popular yet. <laughs> That's why I'm on this right now, because I'm going to tell you how I'm going to get my message out there. Um, basically, I went through the worst depression of my life uh, last year. And that says a lot because I've battled depression since I was 14. And I didn't leave my house for four months. Um, I had already triggered complex PTSD and then I didn't get enough time to heal. I had no one to talk to. Um, I mean, people call you dramatic if you, if you can't regulate your emotions. And I wanna just bring awareness out so that you don't go crazy, okay? There, this is what I'm gonna tell you. There are parts of your brain that are gonna be hypersensitive and some that turn off. In fear, parts of your brain turn off in order to protect itself, all right? Well, that part of your brain also includes some of your memory and also learning. So I was having memory issues and I think that that's just genetic because the people that have PTSD that I kind of inherited directly and genetic wise were actually really intelligent. Um, my mom has PTSD. She graduated from Cal Berkeley and um, my dad, you know, Berkeley masters, the whole bit. And my mom was a teacher and my grandfather, I mean, didn't get to meet him because he triggered his PTSD after the war. And that's a whole other topic that we'll talk about one day. Um, but he was super intelligent from what I know. And so what I decided to do was really focus on learning because I wanted to stimulate that part of my brain because at that point I was losing hope. I'm going to try to make it through without crying. Anyone, you feel like you're losing your mind. And when everyone is kind of like withdrawing because I don't know, it makes them uncomfortable with your misery. So your suffering is annoying kind of some people. I know that sounds rude to say, but if you've battled with complex PTSD, you, people might not know about mental illness. Well, actually that's the whole reason I'm doing this. They don't understand mental illness. So I started writing as part of therapy just to keep, you know, actively using my brain for one. And then the other part was um, when you have stress and trauma, it's in your body, right? It, um, it needs to come out somehow. So you have to find healthy ways. And I was writing a lot and I also didn't want to read all the depressing stuff I wrote. So I started writing funny stuff because I was the only one talking to myself about it. I mean, like I had a couple friends here and there, but like I'd burn them out. They'd stop talking to me. And, uh, you know, I, I had no friends because I was so nervous that I would cry or honestly, it's because I don't trust people. And I'd rather just be around my kids because they're way cool. So I think I'm doing good with the no swearing. Mm. Yeah. So, um, I liked to be around my kids and, you know, that was enough for me. And I always focused on work 
in all of that in my house. And I'd like to bake and decorate. I love to shop. I'm like a binge shopper. I think I have an illness with that because I impulse buy. I also have ADHD, which I treat. Um, you, If I record at night, you're going to see me squirrely as heck. But during the day, I take medication, so I'm less squirrely. Um, also, so I was like, okay, so someone said something along the, oh, I know how I got to the podcast. I like literally had a freaking breakdown and I didn't want anyone to see me. And I got in my car and just drove. Well, it turns out, I mean, I'm not pre-made to, you know, I'm not conditioned to be like homeless or something. So I couldn't just like have my nervous breakdown in the street. I had to like go have a bougie one. And I was like renting hotels I couldn't afford and just traveling and doing things and trying, trying to grasp on to something that stimulated me and it needed to be safe. And I was never like that reckless with my money before. So that's how I know. I mean, I'm talking, I started doing mortgages at 22 and owned a house at 23. I, that was what I did. I didn't go around punching people. I was way too scared. I wasn't binge drinking because I'll tell you right now, don't drink if you have depression. I, I just saying, do yourself a favor and do not put depressants in your body. And until someone calls me and tells me that they don't deal with the depression symptoms even worse the next day, or they don't have like, stories to tell me where they cried and it got weird. We're already battling that. You don't need extra reasons to, to be battling. You need to be on your A game. Okay. So I quit drinking, I don't know, like over a decade ago, you know, I didn't have to like run someone over, but I was having memory issues when I drink. And I think a lot of it was, um, uh, the, I was around a lot of trauma when there was drinking involved. So I don't know, maybe that, who knows? I just try to be aware of what's called triggers. And there are triggers for people that they're just sensitive about. But if you're going to use that word, I think you really ought to know what a trigger is because, or there's actually just different levels of triggers. So some people might get triggered and they're just hypersensitive about something. And then there's some people that get triggered such as myself that when something happens, I go into autopilot. So that was happening to me. And I, once I was like coming in and out of it, and it was because I was in five different kinds of therapy, not just, I'm not a huge counselor person, because I think I need a little more than that. Um, I think it's good to have that in there. So you have someone that you're checking in with, but I really found it to be more educational that I read. I practiced things. I like talking to a shrink because they went to school for that. I don't know how many times I got to say this. A primary care should not be prescribing medication. And I also think that you should very strongly do your research if you're thinking about giving your child medication during their developmental years. I would say, look for the balance, the good and bad. 
are you inconvenienced or are you really worried that they're going to harm themselves or whatever? That is something you need to work out, not with a family doctor. I don't care if I get any pushback on that. If you are in a position that you want to medicate your kid, take them to a licensed psychiatrist. Okay. And if they have trauma, take them to a trauma specialist. Reliving their trauma could actually get them stuck in that same emotion if they don't have any tools. So this is a tough stuff to talk about. Um, when I started researching, you know, my information, I was also trying to write it down. And then while I was traveling, I couldn't just stop and write things because I'd be on the road for like 10 hours just driving, listening to music. I don't, it was like, it was no time at all had gone by. It's really weird. But, um, I started doing video recordings of what I was thinking about. And strangely enough, I didn't remember a lot of the things I said or wrote down, but it was in a healthy way. I was releasing what was going on in my head in a healthy way, as opposed to you know, throwing it up or cutting myself. And it was because I educated myself and I found something that started to work. Now, do I still get triggered? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's just, I try to set myself up not to fail. I, I can't say I'm going to tell you how to win. Okay. Because let me tell you this, there's no step-by-step. -step, there's no plan. There's going forward falling down, rolling around on the ground, crying, getting up, <laughs> sleeping, having way too much energy. It, that's how it really freaking goes. Cause I thought I had bipolar disorder. I was like, like hypervigilant all of a sudden, hypersensitive to sounds. I was jumpy and it was just weird. And I was like, why, why do I have all these weird symptoms that are legit happening? And I remember them slowly happening. And then it just decided I'm taking over. Girl, you got bad taste in friends and bad taste in dudes. I'm going to take over and I'm going to go on autopilot. And that's what started happening. So when you tell people work through your emotions, all right, we're going to have to teach them how to process emotions and each level of, you know, mental illness that people have, we'd have to tailor it to that. And, and PTSD is specific to whatever happens. So could you imagine if there was a step-by-step -step on that? There's not. All you have is education, learning about your brain and being aware and then also making people understand and, and normalize talking about it. I was so worried that people were going to think I was crazy. I was like arguing with them to tell them I wasn't crazy and it made it, I'm not kidding, it made it worse. I was so focused on trying to explain what was happening to me that I spun myself out. I was crying nonstop. I would cry till I threw up. It was bad. Um, let me take a drink. Okay. 
something that I've learned is when I do talk about things, your body memorizes the emotion. Shit, I might need to take a break. Okay. Part of your brain memorizes the emotion. And the best way I can describe it is when you're born, you are learning more than just one way. You're not just learning your ABCs or whatever. You're before that, your body's memorizing feelings and it's processing them to teach you things. So what do you think the first one is? Eating. So when you eat, you know, if you stop breathing or hold your breath while you're eating, you're going to learn that it's very unpleasant. So that's called the suckery swallow. Preemies, the only reason I really am familiar with this is preemies. My kids were preemies and they were too young to understand that. So they would like, I'm not joking, flatline. Okay. You want to scare somebody, have it go bee. And I was like, what the? Turns out all I had to do was stimulate them to remind them of what they should be doing. And, you know, it wasn't too hard. They outgrew it. They weren't too premature. I was just too small to hold them in. I couldn't, they tried to stop the labor anyway. Um, also, uh, after you're born, to give you an idea how you memorize, your body's memorizing the feelings is your stomach hurts. You feel pain. You're hungry, right? So you're like, start crying because you don't know why your stomach hurts. It's not connecting to yet. So somebody feeds you hopefully. And then you feel satisfied. So bam, that's like the easiest way to describe it. Okay. Um, you go on with your life. Okay. The more that you keep a small circle, or if you're stuck in a situation, let's say I was married at 22. So you learn habits, patterns, reactions, and then you kind of are a product of your surroundings. So, you know, you hear stories all the time of people that, you know, grow up in an unfortunate financial situation and they never got to talk about 401ks with their parents because they were literally trying to make it paycheck to paycheck. Just to give you an idea that you have to get exposed to something. You have to hear about it. You have to know before you go looking. Okay. If you don't ever hear about that, you're never going to go get a 401k. I try to break these down like in really simple terms. You guys can give me feedback if you think that that works, but I use a lot of metaphors. Uh, that's when I started writing poetry. So in order to describe some feelings, I can, you know, water is a huge one. I had nightmares of water all the time. That's what it felt like. Um, so as I went through my life, I wasn't addressing my living, you know, my marriage was unhealthy. I had depression. I had already started blocking out memories from my younger years because they were unpleasant, but I had good parents. It just turned out my mom had PTSD as well. But back then, 
you literally were told to suck it up. I mean, you're saying that now, but how do you suck it up? Because if you think about it, that's stupid. The reason all that stuff's happening is it's going to memorize it. So if you tell, this is a perfect example, if you tell men, suck it up, move on about your feelings, how are they ever going to be able to connect with their children on an emotional level? How can they be there for their wife? If they're not learning that stuff um, when they're younger and in a developmental stage or just it just stays in that bubble like that, it's really difficult to be as empathetic as you could be. Now, I talk about empathy and all of that because some people just decide they don't want to hear it and they don't try. Okay. I'm not telling you, I know how men feel. I'm telling you, I have two men that are 18 starting their life. So right now that's where my focus is. What are they going to have to go through? I like had to talk to him about PTSD. My son's like, wait, how do I know if I have it? And I'm like, we keep talking about it, but I don't, I find things to be age appropriate. And if I am talking about something that nobody's addressed, nobody. And, and when I was having episodes, the last people I wanted to cry in front of were my kids. It got to a point where I couldn't hold things in. I was bad, but like I had to talk to them after what it was what it was about, what PTSD is, what it triggers, mind triggers depression. So my depression doesn't run it. It's triggers for me, but it's not, like I say, it's not someone making a joke about my hair. That does not trigger me, bro. You like that stuff. Actually, I don't care anymore. I became less concerned with the I want to say unimportant things because at the end of the day, my sanity, my family, and what I was putting back in the world. Because if I heard a story about someone, you know, harming themselves or killing themselves, killing themselves, suicide is a very hot topic. I heard someone say they're selfish. Now, the problem is that is not an educated way to describe suicide. You would have to learn about the brain. We'd also have to know if there was chemicals that got in the way. You're not typically thinking straight. And a lot of people that commit suicide think the world's better off without them. And they believe it to the point that they're actually doing everybody a favor or, um, they're in so much pain, they, it just, they can't handle it anymore. And a lot of it tends to be with reckless behavior and spontaneous, you know, um, a lot of it's around drugs and alcohol are involved. I worry about that kind of stuff. Um, only because like my grandfather was a vet and back then they, that they just drank. That's how you dealt with it. Pills and drinking. So this is the kind of stuff that I, plan on sharing with people. And I do funny episodes and okay. I'm in sales. Basically when I was doing uh, products for car dealerships, they were finance products. So that's more of a sales thing, but I've never been a sales person. Okay. Never been a salesperson. I don't sell anything. I educate people and I don't want to work anywhere where I'm not selling or 
selling or repping the best stuff. And I want to be the best at it. I don't want to give people they don't need or whatever. Um, I got to talk to people and be honest. And I took a lot of pride in my work. That was where I got a lot of my self-worth, unfortunately. And I was also from putting it into my looks or what car, you know, all that stuff I put pressure on myself for. But at the end of the day, people can say, oh, money solves a lot of problems. Dude, money ain't going to stop your PTSD. It's not. Otherwise, there would never be a rich person that commits suicide or has a mental illness. Okay. You can't just be like, dude, bro, you're rich. Uh, you're un chem your chemicals are all back to normal and your amygdala is working fine and your hippocampus didn't turn off. All right. The next person that says that depression's in your head, I'm like, boom, you're right. It's in your fucking, it's in your beep brain. So I started trying to undo misconceptions. Now, why I went on that mission was because I had a lot of misconceptions. When I signed up to be an advocate, that was the actual pledge to share your stories, to kind to try to eliminate the misconceptions. Because how are you going to educate people if you're not giving them the correct information? We are so much more advanced that we should be able to share this information. I could reach so many people on this platform and I don't know how to market myself. So I'm competitive. I was like, all right, okay. How do people get, you know, popular podcasts? So I start looking at mental health stuff and health and whatever, you know, and I run across this podcast that has millions of people like watching it and just throwing money at it. And I watched a couple and what I did was when it's like last night, they had an episode and they were talking about narcissists. And one of the gentlemen said that there was more women narcissists. And I was like, Oh, I want to look that up. So I started writing down stuff that people were saying on the podcast and fact checking it, bro. No, <laughs> turns out that there's more men. So a million people were just told the wrong thing. I'm talking almost like one and a half million. I don't know. So I'm going to go on this mission. Now, if you don't have any interest in knowing, you know, being smart, that's your problem. But I'm going to check you on it. So not that I was calling those guys not smart. I'm. They might not even know that they could look that up or that they're, you know, that's not their mission. Their mission is just to stir shit up like Jerry Springer-ish. So I am going to go after the big podcasts that have anything to do with mental health. Now, all of them should have no problem. They should actually have me on their show if they want to avoid me writing down all the stuff in their episodes and checking it. Now, I'm looking for a podcast that I'm you know, like, Ooh, yes, learning, but I'm not going to just take people's word for anything anymore. I'm not, I had to go through a lot of this stuff by myself because I was convinced 
I knew something was happening to me. I didn't know why, and I didn't know how I got it. And, you know, I didn't know enough about, and complex PTSD is actually um, a more recent diagnosis. Um, they don't even recognize it all the way in, um, I don't know, they have to put that I have PTSD, but I don't have traditional PTSD like this. I don't know, whatever the records are, they classify it, you know, the National Library of Medicine, and I don't know, doctors. So once they do that, I, I have no doubt it's actually going in that direction. Um, if there's any way that, I don't know if we, how we are involved in that. I think it's a natural progression and as studies come out. So um, you have to report your symptoms. Now there's a lot of people that go, oh yeah, I'm bipolar. Well, who gave you the diagnosis? What kind of medication are you on? Oh, uh, my mom told me. Did you know that PTSD has bipolar, you know, symptoms? Like, <sighs> I just want people to be safe. And I became so passionate about it because I could have easily ended up in a different situation in my life. I could have easily, I mean, I wrote in the last, like, you know, my first episode that I was standing in the middle of the street because I was so overwhelmed that I was like, please, please, you know, you joke about, I want a car to hit me so I could just, it will just stop and, and I can make sense of this because I was like, still had my, you know, wits about me that I was like, okay, wait, wait, am I standing in a really fast zone? Because I mean, I want it out. I want it out, but I don't want to get like, I don't want to die. I just, I need a break. Can it hit me hard enough that I won't die? And then I was like, what the heck am I doing? And then I went and sat and cried on the curb because it wasn't a joke. This was not a joke. I tried to call a handful of people and I could sense that like, I was gonna bring something into, I don't know, I felt weird about bringing it into their life. I'd already had issues with regulating my emotions after I had already layered up a bunch of trauma. So at this point, after I figured all this out and the more I've learned, I do test my surroundings because I need to set myself up not to fail. I don't go places that I know are going to trigger me. And sometimes I go places that I know I'm avoiding um, specifically because I am uncomfortable. There's a huge difference. Um, I will try to, you know, work through a lot of stuff, but I didn't talk about things until I took classes. And I'm talking not just like one class. I took stuff, classes, psychoeducation, which I talked about. And I took a CPT, it's cognitive, oh, CBT, it's like cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I was seeing the hypnotherapist that was teaching me to re, it's called tapping. I know it sounds really dumb, but I mean, it's pretty, it's scientifically proven. You can actually have different thoughts and actually stimulate your body in a different way so that it, I don't know, maybe jumbles it up enough. It's not going to cure your PTSD, but it can help you maybe through a panic attack. I was having disassociation. So what was happening to me was I got stuck in an emotion. 
there'd be no one here, no one. And I would act like I was under attack, like I was in fear of my life. I was like, just, I don't know. It was just weird. It was just intense. It became unreasonable because when you can't process stuff that's happened in front of you or to you, it becomes more of a fear. It ignites your fear more. So it almost gets irrational if you think about it. But why it's so intense is the memory. You you don't remember the actual incident. And so you become overstimulated. Okay. And then um, the part of your mind that is overstimulated as well is the one that initiates your response to your fear and regulates your emotion. So boom, stuck in that cycle. And until you get yourself out of that, you will keep going through it. Now, baby steps. I don't want people to get frustrated that they learn about their brain and they don't know how to process it. You actually have to retrain your brain, your mind, your reactions. You have to slowly, let's say that I snap and I've snapped before when I felt threatened and I, the last time that happened, I actually had to have someone tell me what I said, what I did. I was ready to throw down. And that is way out of character for me. Not ready to throw down, but I would get gotten someone's face that could have easily just knocked me out. Really? And I was like, no, I wouldn't do that. And they're like, uh, we grabbed your arm. And I was like, hmm. I freaked out. I won't lie. I freaked out because I was like, that is, I can't be here if I'm going to like, you know, if I feel, I felt mentally under attack, someone was emotional. Like I felt, I don't even know if it was, it wasn't even reasonable probably, but it doesn't matter. I was ready to dig my feet in and was not scared to get in a fight. (laughs) That's not me. There's no way I would get in nobody's face. You know, um, I was just a little more reckless. So I probably thought I was like Mike Tyson at that moment. Who knows? But you know what you do? Apologize. It's amazing. It's amazing what you could do when you acknowledge a behavior and you tell someone, you know what? That's not me because you're undoing that. You're, you're acknowledging a behavior and now I can go, okay, what happened you know, in that room that made me feel the way I did. It was humiliation. I felt like someone was saying something to me and I have a lot of pride and I have had things happen to me in public with intimate partners, which I will not go into who, because they're just ex so-and-so, right? And nobody said anything. No one did shit. No one said, hey, bro, that's like not cool. They're like, mind your own business, mind your own business. No, don't mind your business, man. Like, you know, when you have something publicly happen to you, you really learn to turn off part of your brain. But I was not happy. You know, that was, that's embarrassing. Don't ever, you know. So I realized I get stressed out when I feel like embarrassed or humiliated because of the severity of a different time. So it's the emotion and I stick my feet in. Nope, this ain't happening, this ain't happening, whatever. 
And then also I felt like I didn't know what to do in certain circumstances. So my only movement move was going to be not moving or talking. Yeah. Just freeze. So that's where you feel disassociation. You're like, just don't move. Just don't move. Maybe he'll go away. Maybe he'll go away. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll stop yelling. Maybe he's not doing it. Yeah, that's what happens because you're like, I'm not losing my shit right now. I can't. I am trying to do yoga and I got to do my eyelashes and go somewhere and I can't be crying and stressed out. So th this is, this is going to stop. This is going to stop. This is going to stop. Whatever. You know, your body just kind of tries to memorize things and it'll be like, yeah, well, if you yell back, you're not going to be good. Now, if you walk away, that tends to piss off a lot of people if you just, you know, Get, try to get out of there. Um, so that doesn't, you know, you have to be really careful. So if, you know, what I've learned in, um, you know, for myself is when I feel the emotions getting to where I can't regulate myself, I say, I'm going to need a minute. Take your minute, take your minute, oh, give yourself that minute. You deserve it. Okay. And give them the minute. People don't want to give you that minute. <laughs> they don't. I didn't want to. Well, I was like traumatized sometimes. I'd be like, why, why, why? You know, but that might's emotional. Unless you got some mental problems, you should be able to give people. I got mental problems. That's why I struggled with a lot of irregular, you know, emotional regulation. And um, it is what it is. There's nothing that I can do, say, or whatever that will take me back to a darker place. And I just wanted to live. I was like, I'm gonna try everything. I don't even care. I wanna see how it makes me feel. First, it was a desperate attempt to connect with joy. And why do they look like they're having so much fun? And then, you know, I'm struggling with being intimate with someone um, because I, you know, it's so hard to let someone in. And I did say, you know, if I let someone in, I've had very, let me take a drink. I'm going to redo that. When I let someone in, um, it's so difficult for me. I begin to, it's like someone will go, oh, you're just tripping on your last boyfriend. No, no, I don't even care what his name is. Okay. I'm tripping on what happened to me. Okay. To me. Now, if I have an experience, let's say with someone's testosterone being too high and they tend to be a lot more violent, um, I'm going to be a little nervous if you're taking testosterone and that's pretty reasonable. So one, go to the freaking doctor. Even doctors get their blood taken. Okay. Be careful about that. People say that that's not a big issue. Tripping. I also think men should have access to hormones for a reasonable price because why do we get them as women? But that will go into um, with men's mental health. Now, um, beneficial for you ladies because we're getting all more horny. And then, I mean, you, you, you want to be able to hook up with your man. Okay, so I think that covers a lot. Um, I will, if I start doing fact checks, I will announce which podcast I watched. And then I'm always going to refer to this episode 
on I'm coming after I'm coming after you guys. So be more careful with when you talk about he's a narcissist, she's a narcissist, uh, she's crazy. I think people should do this, especially suicide. I'm going to say this right now. Someone went online and set, called a gentleman selfish and said he didn't care about his kids with a huge platform watching. And I was like, you don't care about his kids. They got enough going on. All right. I'm an upstander. I'm an anti-bully to me. That's straight bully on next level. Don't ever. And I don't say don't ever anything. Don't ever insult someone that is not with us due to a mental illness when their kids are the ones that are going to have to process what you say. Okay. Them. So don't pull some BS that you you care about their kids. You don't care about nobody except shock value if you're saying stuff like that. And I will never have that on my podcast, someone being that reckless. Now, do you think those people want to hear about it? Do you think that they want to get a phone call? Oh, did you hear what so-and-so said about your dad? Trigger, trigger, trigger. Do you think your kids would want someone bagging on you after you passed just to traumatize them more? Yeah, that, that'd be no, unless you're insane. So the person that did that, you know who you are. And I don't care. You could call me crazy, a big man. I don't care. I'm not attacking anybody as a person. I am very adamant about what I just said. A very adamant about protecting children and not being so reckless because we don't know where they are. Do you think they want to relive that? Do you, you don't think that's a trigger? Uh, I don't even care if you believe in triggers. Your parent dying is traumatic. So don't trigger their trauma because you're a jerk. Don't. Just don't do that. Be compassionate. Learn about it. Actually, just say you you care. I, I mean, you, if you really feel like you need to talk about it, like me, I don't even want to say who it was because, you know, there's a chance they didn't hear it or whatever, but it's like, it's just important that they know it was wrong for them to be saying that about their dad. It was wrong. It was wrong. And if you felt shame, don't. Do not feel shame for your parent at all. I care about your feelings. I absolutely care about how you were affected by that. And you're here and you can learn and everything you've learned, you know, you don't have to be so strong all the time. That is a traumatic thing. Absolutely. But I will tell you that going out and talk, like helping other people is what's helped me heal. And there's something for everyone. I writing and helping other people and talking about it with an answer or a solution or being able to stick up for people. I'm upstanding for an issue. I'm upstanding publicly to say, do not go on a platform and do that ever again. I don't care. I'm Italian mom. I might not look like, you know, an old school Italian mom, but I am an old school Italian mom. I'll call you out on that. Knock it off. 
All right. I'm done with that. That gets me all hot and bothered and not in a good way. So hopefully, you know, there's people that are, you know, know that they can heal. There, some people are contacting me to share their story about their children, their parents, their their own experiences, because for the same reason I am, they're in hopes to help someone else. It validates the emotion. You learn something and like it, it gave you purpose. I felt like I had purpose. I was like, I didn't even do anything. Like, why is all this weird stuff happening to me? I didn't even do anything. Like, I'm pretty damn perfect. <laughs> but no, I was not like, I was like, oh, I was traumatized as Robin a bake and I got shot in the leg. It's no, I literally just trying to live my life and function with whatever I was bored with and whatever I got handed. So that's what I have. I'm going to literally not even edit this and I'm putting it on except maybe it, at one point I had like lip gloss that was like sticking and it looked like gummy because I can't find my morph one and I only have this one and it's like gooey I don't know whatever I'm see how paranoid I am about my lip gloss Whew. uh it, I'm a hot mess all right so you don't have to be normal because normal isn't a way to describe a person okay you're an individual you got an individual life you got your own brain just let's just learn about it stimulate the other parts of your brain all right and do not listen to bs deuces <laughs>